Thank you, Terry. May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning, and may the words from my mouth be what God would have us to hear today. Do you know anybody who has a listening problem? Now, I didn't say a hearing problem. They can hear just fine, but they don't listen quite so well. Arnie, behave yourself. At dinner one time, little David, well, let me back up and explain who David was, first of all. This story is told of King Edward VII. He had a good relationship with his grandson, who was Prince David. But David was a child, so he's a prince, so it's, this is not about you, Dave. Okay? Not that you aren't a prince, but you know, you're a different kind of a prince. But David was a child, you see, and in those days, children were to be seen and not heard. Well, at dinner one time, little David was trying to get his grandfather the king's attention, and he was scolded for interrupting the king. Nobody interrupts the king. So he sat there in silence. Finally, he gave up, and he sat there quietly until he was given permission to speak. Well, when he was finally given permission to speak, He said, well, it doesn't matter anyway, Grandpa. It's too late now. There was a caterpillar on your lettuce, and you ate it, so forget it. (laughs) Now, in that case, the king should have listened to his grandson. It pays to listen to children. It pays to listen to friends. It pays to listen to co-workers, to other family members. Yet, real, honest listening has gotten to be rare. We're not so good at it anymore. President Clinton once compared, compared being president to running a cemetery. He said, being president is like running a cemetery. You've got a lot of people under you, and nobody's listening. You've heard the old saying that God gave us two ears but only one mouth because he wanted us to spend twice as much time listening as talking. Or maybe God gave us two ears and one mouth because listening is twice as hard, and so we need two ears. Sometimes we intentionally don't listen. We purposely don't listen. We're not interested, or something else that we think is more important has our attention. Well, there was one wife who had a unique way of ending arguments with her husband. When she got tired of listening to him, She just turned off her hearing aid. She didn't have to listen to him anymore. She refused to hear anything that he had to say. And she's not the only one. Sometimes we do the same thing. Even us who don't wear hearing aids, turn it off and stop listening. Sometimes we may not listen because something that we're hearing might be threatening or it might be painful to hear or it might not be what we want to hear. In one of her books, Joyce Landorf tells about a friend of hers who had just been told that she had breast cancer and she was going to need a double mastectomy. She was devastated, and she turned to her mother, who she had not always had a good relationship with, and her mother had not always been there for her. But she turned to her for some support during this time of crisis. And she called her mom, and she asked her to have lunch with her. After lunch, she said, Mother, I just got some terrible news. The doctor told me that I have cancer and that I need to have a double mastectomy. 
Her mother said, your sister has the most wonderful chicken enchilada recipe. She said, mother, did you hear what I said? I told you I have cancer. I'm going to have surgery. Thursday is the surgery, and I'm scared. Mother said, don't raise your voice to me when you talk. She said, Mom, please listen to me. I have cancer. I'm very sick. I'm afraid. Mother said, don't talk to your mother in that tone of voice. I won't have it. And if you leave the enchiladas in too long, they'll dry out. This was too painful for her mother to hear, for her to process. And so she chose to just tune it out and ignore it. Someone said, the first duty of love is to listen. Listening is especially important in families. That should be obvious, but it doesn't seem to be. Troubled young people, people who had been in trouble with the law and who uh, some had been, uh, were drug addicts and some were criminals of some sort, were asked, is there anything that you needed the most as a child and you couldn't get it? One of the most common answers was, sadly, what I needed the most from my parents was for them to listen to me. Someone who cared enough to listen. How many children and teenagers would answer that same question? How many spouses? We all need someone who will listen. Good listening is like tuning in a radio station. For good results, you can only listen to one station at a time. Trying to listen to my wife while finishing up a report or something on, on my computer is like trying to hear two radio stations at the same time. It doesn't work. I end up with distortion, and I just get frustrated. I need to make a choice of where I'm going to place my attention, which station I'm going to tune into. Am I going to tune into my wife or my kids if they're talking to me? If I'm going to do that, I have to set aside that report or whatever else it is that I might have been doing that will steal some of that attention, whether it's a book or a TV or a cell phone, which so often steals our attention. Most of us are not as good at multitasking as we think we are. We think we can do those things. Yeah, I can check my Facebook while, while I'm having a chat with my wife. Yeah, you can, but it's going to be a haphazard chat, and you're going to miss things, and it's not going to go as well as it could. There was a mom whose name was Star Patterson. She talked about standing at the kitchen sink, and she was working on dinner. Her mind was totally committed to making that dinner. That was the task at hand, and she was peeling potatoes. And her three-year-old son was playing nearby, and he came over to her and started tugging on her pant leg, saying, Mommy. And she nodded and mumbled something, and there were more tugs and more little sounds of Mommy. Again, she'd give a quick look and say something, a couple of words, and continue to peel the potatoes. Stephen, little Stephen, continued to chatter, and then she felt those tugs on her pant leg again, and this time they were harder and they were more persistent. 
She finally put the potatoes down in the sink and she bent down to her son and Stephen took her face in his little chubby hands and he looked right at her and he said, Mommy, will you please listen to me with your eyes? She says that 14 years later, I'm still learning to listen with my eyes. When you're talking to someone and they need your attention, look at them. Look in their eyes. That's how they know that you've got their undivided attention. Pastor Rick Warren says that we spend about 40% of our waking time listening, yet most of the time we're only listening at 25% efficiency at best, and that creates problems. So he goes on to offer these three, what he calls hearing aids. Three hearing aids. Number one, like that little boy said, listen with your eyes. About 80% of communication is nonverbal. It isn't what a person is saying only, but facial expressions and body language usually tell the whole story, the real story. Look at people. Look at them when you listen to them. Hearing aid number two, listen with your heart. Be sympathetic. Be understanding. Tune into the emotions. What's going on inside them? And hearing aid number three, make it a habit to take time, to purposely, intentionally take time to do nothing but listen to the people around you, especially the people who love you the most. Listening is hard work. It's something you have to be committed to. Listen to your family. Listen to the people you work with. Listen to the people you meet along the way as you go shopping or go about your daily business. Hear what they're saying. Interact with them. Have some conversation. The first duty of love is to listen. Our biggest responsibility, though, is to listen to God. Listen to Jesus. Today's reading is that amazing scene on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John and takes them up high into the mountain where they're all alone. And there Jesus is transfigured. We've heard this story uh, uh, hundreds of times probably. Many, many times. We read about how his clothes became dazzling white. And Elijah and Moses appeared. And they were there talking with Jesus. And Peter said, hey, hey, Rabbi, this is really great. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, and then the people can come here to be blessed. He didn't know what to say, so Peter did what Peter always did. He just blurted something out, and that's what came out. Then the scriptures tell us a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from that cloud. It was God. And God said this, this is my son whom I love. And then those three words, listen to him. Listen to him. That has always been our main responsibility. When I came here to be your pastor seven and a half years ago, I knew from the very outset, that my primary responsibility 
was together with you, to walk beside you and with you, and to listen to what God has to say about where we ought to be, what we ought to be doing, what direction we ought to be going. It's our responsibility. Jesus is the only one who can guide you and I and who can guide this church toward fulfilling what he has planned for us. And it's great things. That has always been the Christian's main responsibility, to listen to Jesus. He is the one who can guide us toward better relationships and a more fulfilling life and a better, stronger church family. It's like a man named Ron Mel who talks about playing golf one time at this prestigious golf course in California. And it seems that at this club, each golfer is assigned a caddy. Well, Ron's caddy was an elderly gentleman by the name of Ed. And at each hole, Ron would ask Ed for advice. And Ed would give him some advice. But every hole, the same thing happened. Ron thought, that doesn't sound right. That sounds like it's a little off. So he ignored Ed's advice. And he went ahead on his own knowledge of golf and his own experience. And he had a really lousy golf day that day. When it became obvious to Ed that his advice was being ignored, he said something to Ron. He said, I'd like to make it clear that I only have one job, and that is that I caddy at this golf course day after day after day. I know every inch of the fairways. I know the roughs, the greens. It's all etched permanently in my brain. And Ed the caddy told Ron this, if you want to play this course and do well, you have to listen to what I say. Well said. In the game of life, you and I need to listen to Jesus, and we need to trust what he says. We need to turn our eyes toward him. We need to listen to him with our hearts. We need to take time each day to be still and to spend at least a few minutes just listening. What does Jesus have to say to us that we need to hear today? We need to be asking that question. He may want to talk to us about how we are treating some family members or coworkers or friends. He may want to talk to us about our discipleship, about our faithfulness to church, or our lack of faithfulness to church. He may want to talk to us about the future of our beloved Zion. Or he may just want to give us encouragement as we live our lives. Of course, some of the things he would say to us might be things that we don't want to hear. Like the lady who turned off her hearing aid. Sometimes we might work very hard at not listening to what Jesus has to say. But we need to listen. And we need to trust him. Today's lesson for us is this. Those words that the father said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Are we willing to take that step? Are we willing to do that first duty of love, to listen, to listen with our eyes, to listen with our heart, to take time to really listen to our family, our friends, our co-workers, and especially to Jesus? I, re I read a story recently about being willing to listen. Dr. Noah Gilson was a medical doctor 
And he talked about an 18-year-old patient of his named Mark who developed an autoimmune reaction that left him almost completely paralyzed. He wasn't even able to speak. And his parents insisted that he was a fighter, that somehow Mark was going to get through this. They just knew it and that he was going to be okay. But meanwhile, he was immobile and he was on a ventilator. Dr. Gibson wondered how he was going to be able to ask him questions and how Mark was going to be involved in any way in his own care. And the solution that his parents came up with was a very simple and at the same time a very amazing solution. They wanted to be able to talk to him about what he wanted done and how his care was going to go. And so they would sit at his side and recite the alphabet, A, B, C. And when they got to the letter that Mark wanted, he would nod his head. Then they would write that letter down. And then they would wait for him to nod again, start the alphabet over. And this went on for hour after hour until they were able to write out sentences so that they understood what their son wanted for his medical care. And this went on on day after day after day. Can you imagine that? The patience and the love. And talk about listening. That's much more than just listening. And yet, his parents didn't lose patience, and Mark was involved with every decision regarding his care. When regular therapy wasn't helping, Dr. Gilson suggested a very risky procedure to filter his blood. He agreed to it, and after the treatment... Mark got much better, and soon he could move his toes, his legs, and his arms. He made a full recovery. He went to college. He's a professional, and he's doing very well today. It's a true story. Looking back, Dr. Gilson says that he is still in awe of Mark and his parents. He calls his, his parents some of the most amazing people he ever met in his life, sitting by Mark's bed for hours, patiently waiting and listening for their child to speak letter by letter. Dr. Gilson says when he saw Mark after his recovery, he said, I wanted to tell him of my shame when my children try to talk to me and I brush them off because I don't have time to listen. I wanted to say I'd never forget him or his parents. In her book called The Listeners, Taylor Caldwell says, man does not need to go to the moon or other solar systems. He does not require bigger and better bombs and missiles. His basic needs are few, and it takes little to acquire them. He can survive on a small amount of bread in the meanest shelter, but his real need, his most terrible need, is for someone to listen to him. We all need someone to listen to us, don't we? But we also need to listen ourselves. Listen to one another. Listen to God. A voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. That's not advice. That's a command from God. Let's learn together to really listen to what God has to say to us. Amen.